بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا طيب with كتاب زاد المستقنع the book of زاد المستقنع of إمام الحجاوي رحمه الله last time we spoke about Arafat uh, the standing of Arafat that was the last thing we spoke about in the text and today with Allah's permission we continue from where the Imam he said where he said ثُمَّ يَدْفَعُ بَعْدَ الْمَغْرِبِ إِلَى مُزْدَلِفَ بِالسَّكِينَةِ so المستحب أن يدفع الناس بعد غروب الشمس كاملة مع دفع الإمام that the recommended thing is that the people they go after Maghrib towards Muzdalifa. The author he says, Ila Muzdalifa Bisakina. To Muzdalifa Bisakina. Go to Muzdalifa with tranquility. Muzdalifa al Mash'ar al Ma'ruf bi Mecca. Muzdalifa is the gathering place uh, well known in Mecca. Mawtin Mubid al Hajj wa Majma'ahum ida Sadaru min Arafat. It's the place where the Hajj is going to rest for the night. And they're going to gather when they come from Arafat. And it's given the name of Jam'an, of gathering, due to the obvious fact that people gather there. So the Sunnah in going from Arafat to Muzdalifa is that that should be done with tranquility, as the Prophet did so. Hadith Bukhari of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. Where he said, Ibn Abbas said, Annahu dafa ma nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yawma arafa, fasami an nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ra'ahu zajran shadidan wa darban wa sautan lil ibl. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on his way from Arafa to Muzdalifa, he heard lots of noise behind him, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the, the sound of the camels, etc., the sound of the people making lots of noise. Fashara bi sawtihi ilayhim. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with his whip pointed towards them وقال, الناس, O people عليكم بالسكينة, upon you is to have tranquility for verily righteousness is not in إضاعه and إضاعه is a darb is to walk or to rush quickly to where you are going to so here the Prophet ﷺ is telling the people that on their way to Muzdalifa they should be in calmness and tranquility the author Al-Hajjawi he says وَيُسْرِعُوا فِي فَجْوَةِ فِي الْفَجْوَةِ The person or the people if they see a gap then they speed up. The evidence is in the hadith of Bukhari Muslim, the hadith of Usama وَكَانَ رَضِيفَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مِنْ عَرَفَةِ إِلَى مُزْدَلِفَةِ Usama radiyallahu anhu was behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on his way to Muzdalifa. هِنَا سَأَلُوهُ الْمَسِيرِهِ مِنْ عَرَفَةِ إِلَى مُزْدَلِفَةِ And they asked they asked uh, this companion, Usama, how was the Prophet ﷺ traveling from Arafah to Muzdalifa? So he said, كَانَ يَسِيرُ الْعَنَقِ فَإِذَا وَجَدَ فَجْوَةَ النَّصْ That the Prophet ﷺ وَالْعَنَقَ السَّيْرِ بِالْاَعْتِدَالِ وَالنَّصُ الْإِسْرَاقَ قَلِيلًا That the Prophet ﷺ كَانَ يَسِيرُ الْعَنَقِ That the Prophet ﷺ when he would go, he would travel in a, in a controlled manner. He would be traveling to Muzdalifa in a controlled manner, manner. And if he found a space in front of him, Fajwatan Nas. And Nas al Isra Qalil is to speed up a little bit. So when the person finds space in front of them on their way to Muzdalifa, they can speed up a little bit, but they should keep the tranquility about them. The author he says, 
uh, when they get to Muzdalifa, they should pray the Maghrib and the Isha. Sheikh Mansour he says, Asunna in Yusali fil Muzdalifa al Maghrib wal Isha, Jama ta akhir, bi adanin wahid wa iqamatain. That the Sunnah when you get to Muzdalifa is to pray Maghrib and Isha, Jama ta akhir, meaning that you pray Maghrib in the time of Isha with one adhan and two iqama, and iqama for each salah, but only one adhan. وَسُنَّ أَنْ يُصَلِّ الْمَغْرِبِ ثُمَّ يَحَتْ رَحْلَهُ ثُمَّ يُصَلِّ الْعَشَاءِ The sunnah is that the person, he prays Maghrib and then he takes down his belongings and he settles himself in his tent or wherever and then he goes ahead and he prays Aisha. And the dalil, the evidence for this is the hadith of Usama ibn Zayd رضي الله عنه in Bukhari al-Muslim فَلَمَّا جَاءَ الْمُزْدَلَفَ نَزَلَ فَالتَّوَضَّأَ So when the Prophet ﷺ came to Muzdalifa he descended from his camel and made wudu. فأسبغ الوضوء and he perfected his wudu. ثم أقيمت الصلاة فصلى المغرب and then the iqama was given for the maghrib and he prayed maghrib. ثم أناخ كل إنسان بعيره في منزله. Then every person they tied and they brought their camel down uh, at their uh, respective places. ثم أقيمت العشاء فصلى ولم يصلي بينهما. And then the Aisha uh, Iqama was given and the Prophet ﷺ prayed that and he didn't pray between the Maghrib and the Isha. So this hadith what I've read to you, Shaykh Masul he quotes it to explain the point that the people after having prayed Maghrib they tie up their camels if they're riding camels, they take off their um, the de- <coughs> they take off their the goods that they were carrying with them and they settle into their tents and into their places for the night. The author he says, biha," And the people they sleep there in the night of Muzdalifa. They stay there the night of Muzdalifa. Sheikh Mansur he says, إِذَا صَلَّ الْمَغْرِبُ بِمُزْدَلِفَةَ فَإِنَّهُ يَبِيتُ بِهَا لَيْلَةَ النَّحَرُ Once the people have prayed Maghrib al-Isha, then they stay the night there, the night of Eid, Laylat al-Nahar. And this staying in Muzdalifa for the night is wajib, is obligatory. And the hadith, the hadith in that Imam Ahmad collected and Imam Abu Dawood collected from Urwa Ibn Mudarris radiallahu anhu who said about the Prophet who said Man adraka ma'ana Whoever has caught this salah with us, meaning in Muzdalifa, ay al-Muzdalifa, wa'ata'arafat qabla thalik and he came to Arafah the plain of Arafah before that, Laylan or Naharan, during the night or the day, Fakat Tamma Hajuhu, Fakat Tamma Hajuhu, Wakada Tafathuhu, and then the person has completed his Hajj and the rights that were upon him. Famafumuhu, so the understanding of this Sheikh Mansur says, Anna man lam yubit bi Muzdalifa, Fainna Hajuhu lam yatim. That whoever didn't spend the night in Muzdalifa, then his Hajj has not been complete. And it's upon him that he corrects the mistake of not having spent the night in Muzdalifa by, sac- by giving the dam, which is wajib, giving the um, sacrifice, which is wajib, as a penalty. Because the Prophet spent the night there in Muzdalifa and said, in the hadith which we've quoted often, that I am doing these actions, the Prophet ﷺ in the various places of Hajj, he did actions and he said, I'm doing this so that you can take from me your rights, meaning learn how to do the rights of Hajj and Umrah. 
The author he said, And it's allowed for the person, if he wishes to, to leave Muzdalifah after half of the night has passed. Sheikh Mansour he says, It's permissible for the person to leave after half the night has passed. That people with regards to their stay in Muzdalifah are either one or two situations. Number one, the weak from the um, from the women and the children and the sick people and those that are similar to him and those that are taking care of these weak people so this group so this group of people it's allowed for them to leave Mustalifa if half the night has passed so the second category, Al-Aqwiyya, those who have strength. لهم, so these, the sunnah for them, أَنْ يَخْرُجُوا مِنْ مُزْدَلِفَةِ قَبْلَ طُلْعِ الشَّمْسِ بَعْدَ الْإِسْفَارِ Is that they leave Muzdalifa before the sun rises, but after having prayed Fajr, and after the, uh, the sun or the horizon has become yellow. كَمَا سَيَأْتِي As we will explain a bit later. وَيَجُوزَ لَهُمْ أَدُفْعُ بَعْدَ الطُلُعِ الْفَجْرِ and it's permissible for them to go after the Fajr has been prayed about the Tulu al-Fajr or after the dawn has broken. So it's permissible for them to go after the dawn has broken. The group that are known as the strong people, those who have strength and ability to stay. The author he says, And if a person leaves before leaves Muzdalifah before having spent half the night, then he has to again pay a penalty, he has to pay them. Sheikh Mansour he says, إِذَا دَفَعَ الْإِنسَانَ الْحَاجِ قَبْلَ الْوَقْتِ If the person leaves before the time, فَإِنَّ عَلَيْهِ دَمًا Then he has to pay the penalty, لِأَنَّهُ تَرَكَ وَاجِبٍ Because he left an obligation. وَيَسْتَوِي فِي ذَلِكَ الْجَاهِلِ وَالنَّاسِ وَالْعَالِمِ And it's all the same whether the person was an ignorant person of the ruling, or he was forgetful, or he knew about the ruling. لِأَنَّهُ وَاجِبٍ فَلَا يُؤْذَرْ بِتَرْكِهِ Because it is an obligation and it is not overlooked due to any of these excuses. Well, and the reasoning and the that the staying in Muzdalifah should be all of the night or aktharuhu wajib or all or most of the night is wajib, either to stay the whole night or most of the night is wajib. And and these situations is of course absent in the situations that we've mentioned, meaning that the one who doesn't spend at least most of the night, half of the night, or all of the night. Then he's, then he's from those who's going to have to pay the penalty. فَيَكُونُ تَارِكًا لِلْمَبِيتِ بِهَا فَيَجِبِ عَلَيْهِ دَمْ وَلِتَلْكِ الْوَاجِبِ فِي الْحَجِ So this person that didn't spend half the night at least, or most of the night, then this person is from those who has to pay a penalty because he left one of the obligations of the hajj. وَأَمَّا مَنْ دَفَعَ بَعْضَ نِصْفِ اللَّيْلِ فَلَا شَيْءَ عَلَيْهِ As for the one who leaves after half the night has passed, then there's nothing upon him. لِأَنَّهُ بَاتْ مُعْظَمَ اللَّيْلِ Because he stayed at night most of the night. وَحُكْمُ الْمُعْظَمْ حُكْمُ الْكُلْ And the ruling of uh, most is given the ruling of all. Meaning that if you spend most of the night, it's as though you spent all of the night. فَلَمْ يَكُنْ تَارِكًا لِلْوَاجِبِ so the person has not left a wajib in this situation. Like he arrived to Muzdalifah after Fajr, not before it. 
Sheikh Mansour explains, أي كذلك يلزمه دم يلزمه دم إذا وصل مزدلفة بعد طلوع الفجر. Likewise, the person has to pay a penalty if he gets to Muzdalifah after dawn break, after Fajr. Because the time that where he was required as a wajib to stay in Muzdalifah has now gone after the dawn break, after Fajr, Tulu al-Fajr. So whether the person came late to Muzdalifah due to excuse, Kashidat al-Ziham, like um, lots of congestion and traffic, or he lost his way and something similar to that, or he didn't have an excuse, then this person, he will have to pay the dam, he will have to pay the penalty, because he came late, he came after the specified designated time to Muzdalifa. Sheikh Mansur carries on and he says, because these people they left now a wajib so it's imperative upon them that they pay the dam, they pay the penalty however if a person gets to Muzdalifah before Fajr even if that be just a few moments then there's nothing upon him and it will suffice the person that he stays there for just a short duration of time and then he leaves The author he says, فَإِذَا صَلَّ الصُّبْحِ أَتَى الْمَشْعَلَ الْحَرَامِ أَتَى الْمَشْعَرَ الْحَرَامِ فَرَقَاهُ That when the person has prayed the Fajr, then he moves on to the Mash'ara al-Haram and he climbs it. أَوْ يَقِفُ إِنْدَهُ Or he stands at its place. وَيَحْمَدُ اللَّهُ وَيُكَبِّرُهُ And then he praises Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he makes takbir for the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَيَقْرَأُ and he reads the surah, the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتٍ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ إِنْدَ الْمَشْعَرِ الْحَرَامِ And if you have left Arafat, then glorify and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the place known as Mash'ar al-Haram. So he reads the end of these two ayat وَيَدْعُوا حَتَّى يُسْفِرَ And he makes dua until the sun has risen. So Shaykh Mansur, he says, As-Sunnah fi Muzdalifa the Sunnah in Muzdalifah and Yubakir bi Salat al Fajr yom al Eid is that the person makes Salat al Fajr early as possible on the day of Eid, fi awli al Waqt in the first of its time. Due to the hadith of Ibn Masud radiallahu anhu, which stated, Ma ra'aytu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, illa li miqatiha illa salatain. I've only ever seen the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ibn Masud said, pray within the correct times of the Salah or within the timings of the Salah except for two Salahs Salat al-Maghrib wal-Isha bi-jam' that Salat al-Maghrib al-Isha when he was making uh, at the place of Jam' at the place of Muzdalifa meaning Salat al-Maghrib and Salat al-Isha was delayed slightly not delayed beyond their fixed times but delayed slightly وَصَلَّ الْفَجَرِ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ قَبْلَ مِقَاتِهَا and he prayed Fajr on that day of Muzdalifah, meaning on the morning of Eid, uh, as early as possible. Qabla miqatiha doesn't mean before its time, it means he prayed it, sallallahu alayhi wa as early as possible. So Shaykh Masur, he carries on, he says, وَبَعْدَ مَا يُصَلِّ الْفَجْرِ يُصَلَّهُ أَنْ يَقِفَ إِنْدَ مَشْعَرِ الْحَرَامِ After the person has prayed Fajr on the day uh, from at Muzdalifah, it's, um, it's recommended for him to stand at Mash'ar al-Haram. Okay? Sorry, so he prays Fajr at the Mash'ar al-Haram. Uh, 
والمشأر الحرام جبل المعروف في مزدلفة and the Mash'ar al-Haram is a mountain which is well known in Muzdalifa وفيه الآن مسجد يسمى Mash'ar al-Haram and there is now there a masjid given the name of Mash'ar al-Haram فَسُنَّ أَنْ يَأْتِي الْمَشْعَرِ الْحَرَامِ So the sunnah is that the person comes to the Mash'ar al-Haram وَيَقِفُ إِنْدَهُ and he stands there أو يرقى الجبل or he climbs the mountain وَيَدُ اللَّهُ وَيَذْكُرُهُ وَيَقْرَأ and he calls upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he remembers him by extolling his virtues and then he recites the two verses from Surah Al-Baqarah لَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَّحٌ أَنْ تَبْتَغُوا فَضْلًا مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتٍ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ عِنْدَ الْمَشْعَرِ الْحَرَامِ وَاذْكُرُوهُ كَمَا حَدَاكُمْ وَإِنْ كُنْتُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ لَمِنَ الضَّالِّينَ ثم أفيد من حيث أفاد الناس واستغفر الله إن الله غفور رحيم. so he recites these verses there. حتى تصفر السماء until the sky has become yellowish due to the sun rising. ثم ينطلق قبل طلوع الشمس and then he leaves that place before the sun has risen. and the evidence for this is in the hadith of Sahih Muslim of Jabir رضي الله عنه where he said about the Prophet ﷺ ثم ركب القصوى the Prophet ﷺ then rode his camel قصوى حتى أتى المشعر الحرام until he came to the مشعر الحرام فاستقبل القبلة فدعاه وكبره وحلله ووحده so he faced the قبلة the Prophet ﷺ and he made dua and he made takbir and he made tahleel and he made praising of Allah سبحانه وتعالى فلم يزل واقفا حتى أسفر حتى أسفر جدا and the Prophet ﷺ continued doing that, making dua and extolling the virtues of Allah through dhikr until the sky, the horizon became very yellow. And then the Prophet ﷺ left that place uh, before the sun had risen. The author he says, فَإِذَا بَلَغَ مُحَصِّرًا أَصْرَعَ رَمْيَةَ حَجْرٍ When the person reaches the place called Muhassir, he speeds up for the distance of a stone's throw. He speeds up for the duration of the distance of a stone's throw. إِذَا تَحَرَكَ مِنْ مُزْدَلِفَ مُتَّجِهًا إِلَّا مِنَا If the person leaves from Muzdalifa now going on towards Al-Mina فَإِنَّهُ يَعْتَرِضُهُ وَادِ مُحَسِّر Then the person is going to come across the valley of Muhassir وَهُوَادٍ بَيْنَ مُزْدَلِفَ وَمِنَا And it is a valley which is between Muzdalifa and Mina فَإِذَا وَصَلَهُ فَإِنَّهُ يُسْرُعُ إِنْ كَانَ مَاشًا أَوْ رَاكِبًا And when the person gets to it, he races uh, for the duration of a stone's throw, which some people I believe they said is about um, 500 arms length. Okay, he, he rushes as much as he can for that distance uh, if he's walking or if he's riding. And some of the ulama, they mentioned one of the reasons that the Prophet ﷺ might have done this is because of the fact that this is where the Ashab al-Fil, the people of the Fil in Surah al-Fil were punished. Tayyip. So of course when you're in a place of punishment, you don't stay there taking pictures. You move by as quick as you can. The author he says, وَأَخَذَ الْحَصَى And the person takes the stones. يَجُزُ لِلْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَأْخُذُ الْحَصَى لِلْرَمِّ مِنْ أَيِّ مَكَانٍ شَاءَ Sheikh Mansour says it's permissible for the person to take the stones from any place that he wishes. لكن المذهب, however in the madhab, أن الأفضل أن تكون من مزدلفة that it's recommended and better that the person takes these stones from the place of مزدلفة on his way when he's leaving. وعدده سبعون بين الحمص والبندق 
and the number of the stones that the person should take is 70 between the size of a hummus, a chickpea or a bunduk. A bunduk is that which is used as a pellet to shoot birds. Adul al-hasa sab'un. So the number is 70. Sab'un li yawmin nahar. Seven that you will use for stoning on the day of Eid. Wa thalathun wa sittun li ayyami tashriq al-thalatha. And uh, 63 for the other days of the Tashriq, of the 11th, the 12th and the 13th. In lam if the person doesn't leave on the 12th. If the person leaves on the 12th, then he only needs 49 stones instead of um, instead of 70 stones. وَأَمَّا الْمِقْدَارَ الْحَصَى فَهِيَ حَصَى صِغَارٍ بَيْنَ الْحِمْصَى وَالْبُنْدُقَى so as we said the size of the uh, stone is between the size of a chickpea or a pellet that is used to shoot at pigeons Imam al-Hakim in his al-Mustadrak he narrates from Ibn Abbas anhu about the Prophet sallallahu that the Prophet وسلم, he picked up stones which were the size of a fingertip or less and he said the like of these you should use to throw the author he said فَإِذَا وَصَلَ إِلَى مِنَا وَهِيَ مِنْ وَادِي مُحَسِّرٍ إِلَى جَمْرَةِ الْعَقَبَ رَمَاهَا that when the person he reaches the place known as Mina and it starts from the wadi the valley of Muhassir up until Jamrat al-Aqaba then the person he throws the stones when he gets to the Jamrat al-Aqaba when he gets to the large pillar known as Jamrat al-Aqaba Sheikh Masood says, إِذَا وَصَلَ إِلَى مِنَا فَصُلْنَا أَنْ يَبْدَأَ أَوْلًا بِرَمِّ جَمْرَةِ الْأَقَبَةِ When the person reaches the place of Mina, the Sunnah is that they first start, the first thing they do is the stoning, seven stones of Jabrat al-Aqaba. And it is like the Tahiyyah of Mina. Like we have a Tahiyyah al-Masjid, this is the Tahiyyah of Mina. فَلَا يَبْدَأُ بِشَيْءٍ قَبْلَهُ إِسْتِحْبَابٍ So it's recommended that the person doesn't begin with anything except this action that the first thing that he does in Mina is that he does the stoning of the pillar بِسَبِئِ حَسَيَاتٍ مُتَعَقَبَاتٍ مُتَعَقَبَاتٍ بِسَبِئِ حَسَيَاتٍ مُتَعَقَبَاتٍ he throws seven stones consecutively one after the other Sheikh Mansur طَرِيقَةُ الرَّمِي the way of throwing Number one, and yarmiha bi sabi hasayat that he should throw seven stones. Wala yazid wala yankus, and he shouldn't increase upon seven, nor should he decrease. Bil ijma, and there is consensus upon this mentioned by Imam Al Nawi in Al Majmu and others. Lifat li Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam kama fi hadith Jabir due to the action of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the hadith of Sahih Muslim from Jabir radhiyallahu anhu. Faramaha bi sabi hasayatin. So the Prophet ﷺ threw at Jamrat al-Aqaba seven stones. And the Prophet ﷺ, each time he threw a stone, he would make takbir. Second point to mention, that the person throws them consecutively. So if the, pers- the person has to throw one after the other. فَلَوْ رَمَّهَا دُفْأَةً لَمْ تُجْزِئْهُ and if the person threw all seven in one throwing, all seven in one throwing, this would only be counted for him as one stone. 
لأنه صلى الله عليه وسلم رمى سبع رميات because the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم threw seven uh, separate consecutive throwings وقال لتأخذوا مناسككم and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم mentioned that you should take from me how to do the rites and rituals of the Hajj وكذا لو وضعها فلا يجزئ بل لابد أن يرميها likewise if the person was to drop the stones rather than throw the stones he was just to place the stones at the Jabrat al-Aqaba then this also wouldn't be counted as throwing because the person hasn't thrown the author he says يَرْفَعُ يَدَهُ حَتَّى يُرَى بَيَاضُ عِبْتِهِ وَيُكَبِّرُ مَعَ كُلِّ حَصَاتٍ that the person he throws and he, he raises his hand to the extent that his armpits can be seen when he's throwing and he makes takbir with every stone that he's throwing so Sheikh Mansour he mentions that that the person has to raise his hands when he's throwing or he should, it's recommended because it's more helpful for him and it's easier for him to do throwing by raising the, the hand up high however raising the hand is not a condition Verily, what is the condition is to ensure that it is a type of throwing. Even if it's not by raising the hand high, you could throw from chest high if you wish to do so. More difficult, but your throwing would still be valid because it's considered throwing. Also to consider, يُكَبِّرُ مَعَ كُلِّ حَصَاتٍ That the person makes a takbir with every stone that he throws. وَهَذَا سُنَّةٍ This is sunnah due to the hadith of Jabir. فَرَمَّاهَا بِسَبْعَ حَصَيَاتٍ يُكَبِّرُ مَعَ كُلِّ حَصَاتٍ مِنْهَا That the Prophet ﷺ threw the stones and at each stone that he threw, he made a takbir. وَلِيَأْنَّ الرَّمِّ وَغَيْرِهِ مِنْ مَنَاسِكِ الْحَجِ And because the throwing of the stones at the pillars and other rituals from the rituals of a hajj إِنَّمَا هِيَ إِقَامَةٌ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Verily it is establishing the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala كَمَا فِي الْحَدِيثِ As is mentioned in a hadith. Shaykh Mansour he says وَلَا يُجْزِئُ رَمِّيُ بِغَيْرِهَا And throwing other than the stones is not going to be accepted as valid. Sheikh Mansour says, Al-Mu'tabar fi rami huwa al-hasa, the, the um, considered or the valid throwing is to throw the stones. فَلَوْ رَمَّ بِغَيْرِهَا So if a person threw other than stones, كَالنَّعَالِ وَالْأَخْشَابِ وَنَحْوِهَا Like for example throwing uh, sandals, some crazy people do that, or throwing uh, pieces of wood or anything of that nature, فَلَا يُجْزِئْ Then this would not be valid. وَلَوْ كَانَ الْمَرْمِ even if it be that the thing that is being thrown is valuable, extremely valuable, like pieces of gold or jewels, even then it would not be valid, only stones. The author he says, Nor is it permissible to throw them again. لو رمى البحصات فلا يجزي أن يرمي بها مرة أخرى. So if the person throws the stones but then gathers those stones somehow and throws them again, then these are not valid. Meaning that you cannot use a stone that has already been used for throwing. وذلك لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يأخذ حصى من المرمى. And that is because the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم didn't take uh, stones from the pillar. He never collected any stones. That had been thrown from the pillar. And uh, making qiyas, making analogy 
upon water which has been used in making obligatory wudu. So we know that in the madhab that if somebody makes water, if makes wudu with obligatory wudu, that which drops off from his body, if it was to be collected, that water cannot be used to make wudu. Likewise with these stones, once these stones have been thrown in the obligatory throwing, they cannot be collected and then used again for another throwing or to complete the throwing. The author he says, وَلَا يَقِفُوا And the person after having thrown the Jamrat al-Aqaba, he doesn't stand there. إِذَا رَمَّ جَمْرَةَ الْعَقَبَةَ فَلَا يَقِفْ إِنْدَهَا لِلْدُعَاءَ بَلْ يَنْصَرِفْ If the person has thrown at the Jamrat al-Aqaba, at the pillar, he doesn't stand there making dua, rather he just leaves. So Shaykh Muhtar al he said, if the person does so, it's not haram, however it's not sunnah. It's something that you should avoid. In Bukhari ibn Umar, he said about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi and then, they, then the Prophet ﷺ, he threw the stones at the Jamrat al-Aqaba from the, from the valley. And the person doesn't stand there. The Prophet ﷺ didn't stand at the pillar after throwing, he moved on. And Ibn Umar, he said, He said, this is how I saw the Prophet ﷺ do it. Meaning that after throwing the stones at the Jamrat al-Aqaba, the Prophet ﷺ didn't stand to make dua, rather he moved on from that place. And the sunnah with regards to where you stand for the rami, he is to put Mecca on your left, and Mina on your right, and facing the Qibla. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ did, as mentioned in Bukhari. The author he says, and the person, he stops the talbiyah before getting to the, or before doing the throwing at Jamrat al-Aqaba. يظل المحرم يلبي في جميع ما مدى من مناسك الحج Sheikh Mansour says that the muhrim, the one who is doing the hajj in the ihram, state of ihram, he is continually doing the talbiyah throughout the whole of his hajj until this point where he comes to the Jamrat al-Aqaba. وَلَا يَقْتَعَ تَلْبِيَةَ إِلَّا بِالشُرُوعِ فِي رَمِّ جَمْرَةِ الْأَقَبَةِ He only stops the talbiyah, لَبَيْكَ اللَّهُمُ لَبَيْكَ when he comes to the Jamrat al-Aqaba. Okay? And the evidence is in the hadith of Bukhari Muslim of Al-Fadl ibn Abbas that he said that the Prophet ﷺ and the Nabi ﷺ لم يزل يلبي حتى بلغ الجمرة that the Prophet ﷺ continued to make the talbiyah up until he came to the Jamrat al-Aqaba. The author he says, وَيَرْمِي بَعْدَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ And the person throws the stones after the sun has risen. الْمُسْتَحَبْ فِي وَقْتِ رَمِي جَمْرَةِ الْعَقَبَةِ Sheikh Mansour says the recommended time for throwing stones at Jamrat al-Aqaba أَنْ يَكُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ Is that on the day of Eid, Al-Adha, Yawm Al-Nahr, that this takes place after the sun has risen. لِفَعْلِ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم due to the action of the Prophet ﷺ in Sahih Muslim because Jabir said رَمَى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم الْجَمْرَةَ يَوْمَ النَّحْرِ الضُحَى that the Prophet ﷺ he threw the stones at Jamrat al-Aqaba at the time of Duha which is after the sun has risen وَأَمَّا بَعْدُ as for other than the day of Nahr فَإِذَا زَالَتِ الشَّمْسِ the Prophet ﷺ would throw on the 11th, the 12th and the 13th once the sun had passed the meridian the mid of the sky the author he says وَيُجْزِئُ بَعْدَ نِصْفِ الليل. And it's permissible to throw the stones after midnight. يبدأ وقت الرمي من بداية الوقت النفرة من مزدلفة. 
So Sheikh Mansour, he says that the time of throwing the stone starts from the time the person has left Muslalifa, right? Which is after half of the night has passed, uh, of the night of Muslalifa. So the person can start to in fact throw the stones if he somehow gets there uh, very quickly after leaving uh, Muzdalifa after half of the night. The timing starts from half of the night. Now, And then after having thrown the stones at Jamrat al-Aqaba, the person he slaughters the animal, if the animal is with him, the sacrificial hadi that he has to give, he slaughters that if the animal is with him. Sheikh Mansur says, إِذَا فَرَغَ الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ رَمِي That the person, if he finishes the throwing of the Jamrat al-Aqaba, then he slaughters his animal if it is with him, أو يذهب ويشتريه, or he goes off and he buys one. وَهَذَا هُوَ الْمَشْرُوءُ فِي الْحَدِي الْوَاجِبِ كَوْنُهُ بَعْدَ الرَّمِي And this is what is recommended and legislated pertaining to the sacrificing of the animal is that it be done after the Rami, after the stoning of the Jamrat al-Aqaba and the evidence in the hadith of Sahih Muslim Rama min wadi ila malhar that the Prophet ﷺ after he had thrown uh, Jamrat al-Aqaba at Jamrat al-Aqaba then he went on to the slaughter place فَنَحَرَ ثَلَاثًا وَسِتِّينَ بِيَدِهِ then the Prophet ﷺ slaughtered uh, 63 Camels, I believe, uh, with his own hand. And then he gave it to Ali radiallahu anhu to complete that which was left over. So, of course, in today's day and age, the slaughter is going to be arranged as part of your tour package, and your guide or your hotel or your tour package will let you know uh, when this has been done. Otherwise, if it's not part of your package, you will go and purchase a coupon for the slaughter to be done on your half or for you to be able to do it yourself. The author he says, And then the person goes ahead and cuts, he shaves or he cuts from his hair, all of his hair. Sheikh Masoud says, If the person has finished and completed throwing the stones at the Jamara, from the Jamarat, Jamarat al-Aqaba, and from slaughtering if he has slaughtered upon him, and the one who has to slaughter is the qarin and the mutamatta, the one who is doing Hajj al Quran and Hajj al Tamatta. Then, verily, the person shaves his head or he shortens, he trims his hair. And he does his shaving of the head or his trimming of the hair after having done the slaughtering. And the person is has the choice between either shaving his hair or cutting his hair. Because the Prophet made dua for both, as in the hadith. Uh, however, to cut, to shave the hair is better. And that's why the Musannif, the author, he mentioned shaving before cutting. And in the hadith of Bukhari Muslim, the hadith of Abi Hurairah radiallahu anhu, the Prophet said, Allah forgive those who have shaved their hair, meaning have mercy upon them due to this action. The Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, make dua even for those who are cutting their hair. 
The Prophet ﷺ said, Allahumma muhallikin Again, the Prophet repeated, Oh Allah, forgive those who have shaved their hair. Again, the Sahaba said, Walil muqassirin. Also, Ya Rasulullah, for those who are cutting their hair. Qalaha thalath. The Prophet ﷺ repeated it three times. And then after the third time, he said, Walil muqassirin. And then also for those who are cutting their hair. So clearly from the hadith, the preferred act is that the, that the person shaves their hair rather than cutting their hair. وَلِلْتَقْدِيمَ الْمُحَلِّقِينَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ فِي قَوْلِهِ And also muhalliqin those who shave their hair, were mentioned in the Qur'an before those who cut their hair. In the surah, مُحَلِّقِينَ رُؤُوسَكُمْ وَمُقَصِّرِينَ Okay, uh, which surah is that? Surah Muhammad, I believe, that um, it's, it's mentioned that the, um, they're, cutting, they're shaving their hair and cutting their hair. So the shaving is mentioned in the Qur'an before the, the, the cutting of their hair. وَكَوْنُ الْحَلْقِ بَعْدَ النَّحَرِ هُوَ عَلَى الْإِسْتِحْبَابِ فِي حَقِّ الْمُتَّمَتِّعِ وَالْقَارِنِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يَسُقُ الْحَدِي So with regards to the cutting of the hair after the sacrifice has been done, this is recommended pertaining to the one who's doing Hajj Tamatta' or Hajj Al-Qiran if they didn't bring with them their sacrificial animal. وَعَلَى الْوَجُوبِ فِي حَقِّ الْقَارِنِ الَّذِي سَاقَ الْحَدِي كَمَا فَعْلَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّه uh, doing the uh, the shaving of the hair after the sacrifice is an obligate obligatory uh, tartib obligatory order order of actions uh, if the qarin had brought with him the sacrificial animal as the prophet did like that so if somebody wants to cut the hair sheikh mutlaq jasri mentioned somebody cannot just cut their hair from different parts of their head rather it has to be cut from all of the hair if somebody wants to just cut the hair and not shave the hair, it has to be done from all over the head. The author, he says, وَتُقَصِّرُ مِنْهُ الْمَرْأَةُ الْمُلَةً That the woman, she only has to cut the amount of a, uh, the tip of a finger. Okay, that's all she has to cut. الْمَرْأَةُ لَيْسَ لَهَا الْحَلْقِ بِإِجْمَعِ الْأُلَمَاءِ The woman, she doesn't have to shave, of course. Uh, and that is by the consensus of the ulama and the hadith in Abi Dawood Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhumah he said laysa ala nisa'i halqun there's not upon women that they have to shave their head innama ala nisa'i taqseer verily upon the women is that they just have to cut their hair wa ala hadha fatuqassir minhu qadr al-anmula min al-isba' that the woman all she has to cut is the fingertip length okay the fingertip length is what she has to cut min jamia sha'r la min ba'dihi however it has to be from all of her hair and not just from a part of it bi an taj'alahu dafa'ir fata'khud min kulli dafira and the way that would be done is that the woman she would uh, they would be put in like what do you call them plaits okay or yeah the woman's hair would be gathered up and then trimmed that's how it would be gathered up from different parts of her head and then her hair would be trimmed to ensure that the trimming has taken place from all over her hair. ثُمَّ قَدْ حَلَّ لَهُ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا نِسَاءٍ And then the tahallal awwal, what is mentioned as tahallal awwal, the first tahallal has been uh, achieved, which is that the person is now free from the state of ihram and he can do everything that the person outside of the ihram can do, outside of the state of ihram, except to have relationship with women. That comes after the tahallil athani, the second tahallil. Sheikh Mansur said, min rami, if the person has now finished from throwing, wal halq, 
and from shaving or cutting the hair. فَإِنَّهُ يَكُونْ قَدْ حَلَّ لَهُ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ مِنْ الْإِحْرَامِ إِلَّا النِّسَاءِ Then the person is now free from all of the restrictions of the ihram except for the women. In the hadith in Bukhari Muslim narrated by Aisha radiyallahu anha, she said, إِذَا رَمَ أَحَدُكُمْ جَمْرَةَ الْعَقَبَةِ فَقَدْ حَلَّ لَهُ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا النِّسَاءِ That once you have, once you have thrown stones at the jamrat al-aqaba, then you are now hell, you are now free from the state of ihram, from everything except for women. Tawthi says, وَالْحِلَاقُ وَالتَّقْسِيرُ نُسُكْ And the hilaq and the taqseer are rights of hajj. Okay, so the cutting of the hair or the shaving of the hair is not in order to be free from the ihram. Rather, it is from the rights of hajj. It is from the things that you must do in the hajj. So it's not something which is specific to being freed from the ihram. Rather, they are separate rights of hajj that must be fulfilled. The author, he says, وَلَا يَلْزَمُوا بِتَأْخِرِهِ دَمٌ وَلَا بِتَقْدِيمِهِ عَلَى الرَّمِي وَالنَّحَرِ And if the person was to delay the cutting of the hair, then there's no penalty to be, there's no penalty upon him. Nor if the person was to do the cutting of the hair before, uh, before stoning Jamrat al-Aqaba and before the slaughtering. So if the person was to do it after or to do it before this, the, the, um, the stoning and the slaughtering, then there's no problem. Sheikh Masoul says, It's permissible for the person to delay his cutting of the hair or shaving of the hair to after the day of Eid. And there's nothing upon him due to him delaying it. And likewise, it's also permissible for the person to do the um, to cut his hair before uh, the Jamrat al-Aqaba, before pelting Jamrat al-Aqaba, and before slaughtering. And the evidence is that a variety of ahadith where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in his answers that things can be done out of order, that these things can be done out of the uh, stated order. For example, you have in Bukhari al-Muslim, Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu anhu said, anna rajulun qal ya Rasulullah, ذَبَحْتُ قَبْلَ أَنْ أَحْلِقُ O Prophet of Allah, O Messenger of Allah, I have slaughtered before I cut my hair. So the Prophet said, إِحْلِقْ وَلَا حَرَجْ Go ahead, cut your hair, there's no problem. So in this situation, the person had slaughtered before he cut his hair. The Prophet said, Go ahead and cut your hair, there's no problem. فَسَأَلَهُ آخَرُ And then another person asked him, فَقَالْ حَلَقْتُ قَبْلَ أَنْ أَذْبَحَ The person said, I've cut my hair before I slaughtered. The Prophet said, إِذْبَحْ وَلَا حَرْجُ Go ahead and can do the slaughtering. There's nothing upon you. Okay? Sheikh Mutalaq Jasr, he says, the actions of the day of Nahar, the actions that you do on the day of Eid, okay, are not, to, are not mashrut, they're not conditioned to be in order. But it's better to do in order, خُرُوجًا مِنَ الْخِلَافِ It's better to do it in order as they came in the hadith, to come out of the difference of opinion. So as we mentioned, you can do you know, cutting before the slaughtering or slaughtering before the cutting. It's not a problem. But if you do them in order, it's better for you. Khalas, inshallah, I think we'll stop here, inshallah, before moving on. And um, the next things that will be mentioned is after the person has reached Minna. What we spoke about is that the person went to Muzdalifah after f- uh, finishing Arafah. And then he went on to Minna. And at Mina, he did the throwing of the Jamrat al-Aqaba, and then he cut his hair, and then he slaughtered 
or he slaughtered and then he cut his hair depending upon how he did it and then after that the person is going to go on towards uh, the bait uh, towards the Kaaba to do the tawaf this is what we will speak about in the next session inshallah if you have any questions or corrections then feel free if not I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward us immensely for this small effort and to accept it from us Ameen